0: From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Caleb McCleskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, it's starting to feel like autumn in Southeast Ohio. And fall sports at Ohio University hit the halfway mark of Mid-American Conference play. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. Kendall Wright, a reporter for The Post, Ohio University's independent student-run newspaper, recently reported on underage drinking in the city of Athens and how law enforcement responds to it. So what sparked the story, Kendall?
1: So basically, there's a new chief, and so his name's Nick Magruder, and he kind of took over since Chief Pyle, and a lot of people have been noticing that there's been a lot more underage arrests going around than there ever was before. And so since I've been with News for three years now, I was pretty familiar with Pyle. I would talk to him a lot. And he said that, obviously, he knows about underage drinking. He knows it happens. And that, obviously, things come out of it. But he just wanted to focus on what came out of it, so, like, fights and stuff. And so, basically, people are just thinking maybe there's a relation with the chief or what's going on. So they wanted me to find out.
0: Awesome. So... Why exactly is the Athens Police Department focusing more on people who are underage?
1: So, with that, obviously, again, it's a college town. Like, there's there's things to do in Athens, but we have, like, so many bars here. So, with the drinking, it's just... Obviously, there are a lot of underage people, but the thing is, most of the fights and assaults and issues and everything like that that comes out of people being drunk, it's everyone who's under 21. So, it's about, like... Over 95% of people who are doing these things, they're underage and they just don't really know their way yet. And so the police department just wants to prevent all those things from happening.
0: Yeah. And then how many have they at least encountered for this fall semester?
1: So as of a couple weeks ago, I'm pretty sure the chief told me they had had 42 arrests so far since the opening weekend for underage arrests.
0: Yeah. And then for those individuals who are caught for underage drinking... What is the process for handling that situation from the police department?
1: Yeah, so it could go a number of ways. Like if so, obviously, again, they're encountering a lot more people than they are arresting. But if they go into a bar and they see a crowd of people who they suspect is underage, a lot of times I've heard that they just grab them, take them out, and then ID them. And if they want, they can cite them or they can let them off with a warning. And also, too, if it's one of those situations where people are fighting, people are Causing an issue, if the officer does determine that the person's underage, instead of charging them with, like, an assault where it stays on their record, they can just charge them with an underage, and then they go through a diversion program, and it's more of a lesson than just, like, an immediate, here's this on your record forever, like, sorry.
0: So then, for my last question, what... What exactly is the message that the police department is trying to give to people who aren't of age yet what is kind of the message for that
1: yeah so again with the last two years being the most freshman we've ever had again officers know they know people are going to be underage and they know they're going to be out so they're a lot more firm in the fall semester because they want these underage kids to understand how to act in public and how to act at a bar because As officers told me, you can pretty much tell who's been in a bar and who hasn't, and they just want to keep a firm line and help these kids understand that you can't just go crazy because you're at college. And so that's why, too, a lot of the officers like to cite kids with underage instead so then they can go through this program and then they can kind of learn, like, don't act like that. And so a lot of people are thinking, officers are just like, oh, I'm going to ticket you tonight, and it's really not like that. Like I said, obviously... People can be ticketed just because they might seem underage, but a lot of the times, a lot of these issues, they just don't want these kids to hurt themselves or hurt others.
0: That was Kendall right from The Post. This segment is a part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running independent student-run newspaper and WOUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post, and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WOUB. To read Kendall's full story, visit thepostathens.com slash special projects. Fall weather has finally moved into southeast Ohio as the leaves begin to change colors. WOUB lead forecaster Emily Dietz join us to talk about fall foliage and the upcoming weather for the region. So Emily, homecoming was this weekend and For me personally, it was very chilly outside, and I would say that from the weather we were having the last time we talked, it was a little bit humid, still is a little bit hotter, but now it's really, really cold, so we can kind of talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, so I agree. It got really cold this weekend. I was breaking out the jackets. I was like, man, I kind of left this at home. I need to go back and grab it, but... Yeah, we had just a major cold front that really swept through. And part of the reason we also saw that rain was that cold front hit right up against that warm air and caused it to create those clouds and create that precipitation. That we saw that luckily held out, I heard, for homecoming this past weekend, which was pretty nice. Otherwise, it would have made things a lot colder and a lot more miserable for a lot of people around. But, yeah, we're still seeing the effects of that cold weather. Actually, it's been in the 60s all week. Partly cloudy skies off and on here and there, but definitely feeling like those fall days. And things are actually going to warm up a little bit later this week. Uh, We're anticipating a warm front sort of moving through on Friday, so we'll be back up to 79 But unfortunately, it's not going to last very long. So if you really like those warmer temperatures, uh, and I hate to break it to you, but unfortunately, that's just not going to hang around because we have a cold front moving in right behind it. That's going to come sweeping in pretty quickly. So don't put your jackets away just because you feel it's about the upper 70s on Friday because it's going to be a rainy and another chilly Saturday, prepping us for a week in the 50s next week. So. I don't know how you're feeling about that, but I know I love some chilly fall weather, but it really is coming in quickly and unfortunately not quite as gradually as I know we're all really used to.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know how many fake summers we've had so far this year, but I guess we're getting one more here later this week, so that'll be interesting. And I've woken up cold a few times this week already. Now it's like, man, I got to turn the AC back on again, so... Yeah, and then another part of today's segment is, Emily, what can you talk to us about fall foliage a little bit?
2: Yeah, so I know we've all been outside. October is sort of that spooky season. You know, you're getting into all those color changes. That's my favorite part about fall is, like, seeing all the colors. But I don't know if you've noticed, some falls seem a lot more dull as far as leaves go, and others seem brighter. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite color is always seeing the reds and the bright oranges, but there are just some falls where it's, like, very yellow and brown. I actually found this out pretty recently is that's due to the temperatures and conditions outside. So the best colors for leaves are produced in drier, warmer, and sunnier and not freezing nights. Um, and so during the day, what actually happens is all the sugars that are produced by the tree, since the sun is sort of going away, uh, all that chlorophyll sort of breaks down. And so all the sugars in the tree sort of rush to the leaves during the day since it's warm. And then overnight when things start to chill, it actually closes the valves. Uh, and prevents those sugars from going back. So it kind of like enhances the leaf color. So during the day, the sugars are produced. And when you have a lot of sugar, it makes those bright colors, specifically those dark reds and those purples. Uh, Whereas if you don't really have a lot of those warm conditions outside, we're not talking super hot, we're talking about moderately warm outside. So if you don't have a lot of those uh, warm conditions, you sort of get those typical yellowy brownish colors that are really just from the chlorophyll um, sort of breaking down uh, instead. So, yeah, cloudy and damp conditions outside really prevent a lot of that sunshine from warming up those leaves and keeping all the sugar. So that's kind of something fun I learned recently. And
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I know when I like going outside and just looking out my window, I like seeing all the different colors, but maybe we won't, we'll not get that this year in Athens. Maybe we won't, but hopefully we can get some better weather soon.
2: We're in the Ohio weather, you know, where we have five summers before we actually get to yeah. fall and then a winter thrown in there and then it's fall again and oh gotta love Ohio weather.
0: So I'm guessing we're gonna need our extra blankets for the next few evenings.
2: Oh yeah oh yeah but hopefully that'll mean nice leaf color as well since we're having those weird warm days going mm-hmm. on and that'll be nice to at least take a nice little stroll outside bundled up at least but maybe go through Hocking Hills a little bit at least down here in southeast Ohio or up to the Ridges or even Stroud's Run because uh, those colors are absolutely gorgeous in the fall and if you've been out to Stroud's.
0: Not recently, no, But yeah. Maybe I'll try to get myself out there.
2: Oh, for sure. Just sitting on the dock and seeing all the colors, especially when it's a cool morning. Sometimes a little fog rolls in, and that's just really nice out there.
0: Ohio University's fall sports are moving up and down the conference standings. Sports Director Aiden Crowley and Associate Sports Director Marie Manessi break down where Ohio football, soccer, and volleyball stand. So, guys, Homecoming weekend has finally wrapped up for all of the fall sports. And, Aiden, I'm going to go to you first. What was soccer able to produce for us this weekend?
3: Yeah, Caleb, you mentioned it, homecoming. Unfortunately for the Bobcats, they were on the road for their homecoming match, I guess you could say, quote-unquote homecoming match, uh, Sunday against Western Michigan. They tied 1-1, and they went up 1-0 late in that second half, and you kind of figured this might have been a 1-0 win and they could escape out of Kalamazoo with a victory. But unfortunately, a late goal from Western Michigan resulted in the tie. Shea Robertson, who's kind of been the calm for this Ohio team, netted the goal her fifth of the season. And if you just look at the rest of the schedule, moving ahead for Ohio, obviously you kind of start to shift your eyes towards postseason play. Top six teams in the MAC for soccer make the tournament. Ohio's currently sitting at eighth. But something to note, four out of their last five games are against the bottom four teams in the MAC. So they have an opportunity to start and push towards that sixth spot potentially. Aaron Rodgers obviously has his eyes set on getting into that tournament. Uh, I think that Western tie hurts a tiny bit, and you're not walking away with the win. But getting on the scoreboard has been crucial for them, so their ability to come away with a point in that match was big uh, moving forward for what should soften up a little bit in their schedule. So looking forward to see what they can do down the stretch of the season to potentially push towards a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, and then Maria, I'm going to go to you for volleyball. What were some of their games like over the weekend?
3: Yeah, so they
4: played on October 5th against NIU. Back at home, they um, were able to take them down in four sets and it was a lot of back-and-forth action. Um, just head coach Jeff Carlson started with kind of a younger lineup at the beginning of the game. They didn't play real well in the first set, but they were kind of able to bounce back after that. They moved a couple pieces around and really just were able to kind of battle with Northern Illinois to come out on top. And then on Friday, October 6th, they took on Western Michigan, which we had talked about last week. Was a going to be a really tough Set for them just because Western Michigan 16 and two right now just a tough team. They were able to take them into five sets, ultimately fell short. But um, they're the first MAC team to take them to five sets this season. A lot of back and forth in that as well. Looking ahead, they host Bowling Green on October thirteenth and fourteenth, which will be really interesting. Ohio right now sits third in the Mac, like Aiden mentioned, kind of looking same thing for volleyball looking ahead towards postseason. Just a little bit. Right now they're four and three in the conference, just sit at third in the Mac East. So it'll be kinda interesting. Bowling Green's below them with a one and five conference record, but they're back home this weekend, back in the convo, which should be should be good for them.
0: Yeah, and then Aiden, I'm gonna swing back on over to you. Ohio football Kent State I was there at the game but I want to hear from you (laughs) what was this game all about
3: yeah Caleb I actually saw you racing at this game came away with the victory yeah. and don't don't slight yourself there but yeah. i'm this train keeps moving for ohio their fifth straight victory and they're really starting to hit their stride and their two mac games this season they've outscored opponents 80 to 24 with their kent state victory like you mentioned on homecoming weekend 42 to 17 and this team is starting to get it going we mentioned before that the defense has kind of carried a lot of the weight for the offense well, now I think these last couple games we've start to see this offensive engine start to rev up, and I think they're really ready to hit their stride here soon. Curtis Rourke had a quiet 300 yards. I don't know how you have a quiet yeah, 300 I mean, yards, but he found a way to do it. Three did. touchdowns as well. They had two rushing touchdowns or excuse me, three rushing touchdowns on the day, which that was something going into the game, they only had one. So this offense is really starting to click. And as you look ahead in their schedule, they're going to be taking on a good Northern Illinois team at Northern Illinois. So it's going to be a tough test for them as they continue to try and keep this train moving. But with the confidence in the level they're playing at right now, it feels like the sky's the limit for this team right now.
0: That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Tish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Ridge is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at woub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore WOUB and Instagram at newswatch underscore WOUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.